0: Alright, so obviously Lee, thank you for, wherever he went, bringing the Christmas story. Uh, 95% of churches are probably going to do that exact thing this morning. I'm not. Uh, I'm going to do something different, so I'm glad it was brought because that is what this day is supposed to be about. You know, this is one of the most commercialized days, probably the most commercialized day in this country. But it's not what it was originally supposed to be about. So it's good to have the Christmas story. But today we're going to talk about what does God want for Christmas So one of my favorite things about this time of the year is music. I'm big into music. When I first got saved, I wrote two songs myself. Music is my gift. It's one of the things I do. So music speaks to me. Two years ago, I heard this song, and it made me think. It had me stop. I actually took it to the jail last year and presented it to the guys and made them listen to it. And didn't do quite the same thing I'm going to do today, but we talked about it, and it still hit me even this year. And so when Dr. Wheeler discussed me possibly doing this it was kind of obvious we have to talk about what does God want for Christmas so Zach if you'll play it I want to play this song for you guys
1: old man playing Santa Claus blue in the town with old Jack Frost now he's Handing out candy canes And smiles for free People scurry With their list Rushing around To buy those gifts That will End up wrapped up Underneath that tree I'm sitting at this red light Looking at manger scene watching snowflakes kiss that baby and it makes me think I wonder what God wants for Christmas something that you can't find in a store maybe peace on earth No more empty seats in church Might be what's on his wish list I wonder what God wants for Christmas smile on his face every bible with no dust the devil giving up might be what's on his wish list oh yeah i wonder what god wants for christmas what kind of gift from you and me more sister more brother more loving one another yeah i wonder i wonder what god wants by now we ought to know what god wants for christmas
0: a good song, didn't he? I'm sure he hates that song, but some of you from the 90s know he is the lead singer for Hootie and the Blowfish, but it's a good song, right? Makes you think, what does God want for Christmas? Before we continue, I want to say thank you for allowing me to be up here today to bring this to you guys. You know, my family came here in December of 2013, new place, didn't know anybody, and you've welcomed us with open arms, and You've been there for me, supporting me through seminary once I got here, taking over the jail ministry and now standing in this pulpit. I am humbled and honored to be here today and I just wanted to say thank you before we continue. And I want to pray about this real quick. Lord God, thank you for today and what this day means. It's the day you sent your son to this earth to eventually take on the burden of our sins. Lord, we're so unworthy but you loved us so much that you gave it all. God, I ask you to be with us during this short time that you will open our eyes to answer the question of what do you want? Because Lord, it's not about us, it's about you. We're here for you. So Lord, use me to answer this question today. It's in your name we pray, amen. So the song came up with some decent ideas. Peace on earth. God probably wants peace on earth, wouldn't you agree? His original intent was for us to be one people. But then... The fruit came into bear and sin came into the world. Thus, peace on earth is not a possibility anymore. But it's probably a good idea. What else did he say? Empty seats in church. We got a few of those today. I'm sure God would love it if this place was packed every single Sunday, right? So it's a good idea. I like it. Loving one another. If you're a New Testament church, like most churches seem to be nowadays, that's all you want to talk about is love and good vibes, right? There is no bad things in the Bible. But unfortunately, Old Testament does have it. But still, loving one another, that is what we should be doing. So these are good concepts, good ideas. But does it really answer the question of what does God want for Christmas? I think that's just man's idea. So how do we find out the answer? Well, let's take the example of how do we find out what we want for Christmas. We'll start there. I think there's three ways. If we're going to figure out what we want for Christmas, there's three ways, right? First of all, we ask Him what do you want for Christmas? Pretty simple, right? And if we don't know it, we ask someone that does. So if your grandchild lives in Lynchburg, or for my family all in Indiana, I can't, I'm not going to spend time with them. I don't know what they want. So I'm going to have to ask their parents, hey, what does little Johnny want? Simple way, right? The next one is we can have a relationship with them. We spend time with them. If you want to know what a kid wants? Sit there and watch a Disney with them. I'm sure it's going to tell you whatever toy they want, because it's right there selling it non-stop, Right? So you have to spend time with them, get to know them, find out what they like, what they don't like. And then again, just ask them Just spend time and then ask them the simple question. For guys, we get the constant bombardment from wives and girlfriends, right? They probably give us 6,000 hints. We probably caught one of them. Sorry, guys, throwing you under the bus. I miss them too. We don't hear them all. But eventually we finally get it, and then yesterday we go and run to the store, right? And say, oh, that's what she wanted. Okay, I figured it out. But we find out because people tell us. Well, let's turn that to God. How do we know what God wants? the same basic concept you have three ways to do it first you come here I'm gonna tell you today what God wants you come and ask people that know people that spend time in the word and know these things you talk to somebody so what's great about Sunday school if you're not in Sunday school you're losing a lot there's my plug for you Fred got it second thing you do is have a relationship how do you have a relationship with God well there's two ways first and foremost is prayer I think prayer is the most underutilized tool that God has given us it is our communication way with God we can speak to him. There's no elaborate way. I don't have to be on my knees down here at the altar. We just talk. Like I'm talking to you now, that is how God wants us to talk to him. We talk with him. He's our father. He wants to hear from us. And then he gave us this book that we are so fortunate to have because it gives us everything we could possibly want. You know, the, a lot of the stories we read in the New Testament, they had the Old Testament, but they didn't get the New Testament. So if you want to know what God likes and don't like, look at the Old Testament. He's going to tell you pretty quick what he doesn't like, what he does like. You want to learn about how churches run? Look at the New Testament. It's all right there for us. We have the two tools. We just have to use them. So if we want to answer this question today, what does God want for Christmas? We're going to follow what I just put up there. First, let's pray about it. Lord God, I ask that you open our eyes to scripture that tells us the answer to the basic question of what you want. Lord, show us and open our eyes that we can understand what you are wanting from us and what we're supposed to do with our lives. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Pretty simple, we pray the prayer. Now let's look at scripture. Josh, I'm sorry, we're going to have a lot of different scriptures. I'm going to jump around. I know you hate it, but we're going to jump around a little bit today. But they're all going to be up there so you all can see, so you don't have to worry about flipping your Bibles. So if you're going to answer the question, what does God want for Christmas, the logical place to start is going to be in the very beginning, right? Genesis. So look, let's look at Genesis 1, 26 and 28. You know, I'm going to read from the NIV because I'm kind of a dumb guy. I need something that's simpler, so I use NIV. Then God said, let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals, and over all creatures that move along the ground. So God created mankind in his own image, in the image of God. He created them, male and female. He created them. God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. So a few weeks ago, Zach brought us something similar to this. He was talking about the cosmos, the stars, and all the wonderful creation God has. We see the glory of what he does. I'm not a big science guy, but... Even I can look at pictures from the Hubble and say, wow. I mean, you look at the cosmos, and Jeff showed us that video months and months ago where Earth is like this and everything else is this big, and it's like, wow, how, that's a grand design. But it says here that God made us in his image. So if we're made in his image, obviously we have more importance than anything else because that's his design. Look, look around us. In Virginia, we are blessed to have mountains They're beautiful. I was born in Indiana. No mountains. It's cornfield, 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 cornfield. Oh, a bean field. All right. Nothing to look at. That's that great. We moved to Mississippi. No more corn. Pine tree, pine tree, pine tree. Occasionally a cotton field. Those were kind of cool, but lots of pine trees. Not a lot of beauty, but you come here, you see the beauty. I remember my sister came Uh, I think it was last year, at Christmas time, and she saw the mountains and she said, that just looks like God's fingerprints. We see how beautiful God's creation, yet we are made in his image. It says we are made in his likeness. So obviously we stand up above everything else. Then we're going to move to John 1, 5. So we already know he made us in his image. John 1 says, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God. And the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through Him all things were made. Without Him nothing was made that has been made. In Him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. So here we're told that God had a plan. Everything was made, predestined, and He had a goal of what He was going to do. But then it also tells us Jesus was there at the beginning. So before we were ever created, Jesus was there. So today is a day talking about Jesus' birth. But this verse tells us he was there before it all started. And that through him is the only way that we have life, and it's the light of the world. But that's all through Jesus. So he leaves a place where he is part of all creation. It is through him that we are made. It's through him that we have hope. And he's going to leave that. How important must me be if the king of kings is going to leave heaven for us. Obviously, we stand some kind of importance, right? A couple of weeks ago, Trish brought this up during the praise band. She read this verse, and we all know John 3.16, right? I think every atheist, every Buddhist, and everybody else in this country knows this verse. It was on WWF. I'm sure everybody else can know it then. It's a pretty popular What if they use it on that, right? But we, what we often do is we forget 3.17, Let's read this together. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. I love 17 because it tells us a whole different story. Throughout the whole Old Testament, God is trying to get our attention and trying to get time with us a relationship with us he sends prophets and judges kings he's doing everything he can takes them out of egypt just so he can have time with us and it didn't work so now he's going to send his son but he didn't send him to be the next king the next ruler of any nation he came to be a servant to show us love and compassion but he had to leave his kingdom again to do that how great must his love be for us that he would do such a thing. Revelations 21, 6-7, Jesus says, It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty I give water without cost from the spring of the water of life. Those who are victorious will inherit all of this, and I will be their God, and they will be my children. We've seen different scriptures here and it just sums up here in Revelations. Jesus is the Alpha. He was there before we were created. We were made in His image. There's a lot of love there. He took on our sins that we don't deserve. We can't do enough to earn that. There's nothing we can do. We're unworthy. But He loved us so much that He came to earth to take on the sins of the world, defeat the grave, so that we would have a way to heaven. So if I ask you the question of what does God want for Christmas, it should be pretty clear, shouldn't it? It's us. Throughout everything that this Bible talks about, is it's constantly talking about how God can get us in relationship with him. But the key word is relationship. See, there's faith, which is very important. You can't have a relationship without some kind of faith. But we have to have a relationship Matthew 7, 21 through 23, this, this is the scripture that broke me down. My mom and dad had me in church from the day, probably a couple days after I was born, I don't really know. I'm sure mom didn't have me out long. She probably dragged me with 6,000 sweaters on straight to church right away. It's probably why I wear shorts all the time now, it's because I can't see and have it all the clothes. But I know she took me to church right away. So faith was pretty easy concept to understand. I believed for 30 years, I believed in God, and I would have said, if I die tomorrow, I'm going to heaven. But then this scripture came up, and I realized I was destined for hell because I didn't have a relationship. Let's read this, Matthew 7:21 through 23. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who dies who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many to me will say on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name, and in your name, drive out demons, and in your name, perform many miracles, then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. I don't know about you guys, but that floored me. I don't know about y'all, but I've never cast out any demons. I hope I never have to either. I'm just going to be honest, that might freak me out a little bit. But I have professed in his name, told many people growing up, you know different things. Sex without marriage is not right because that was big in high school, preached it all the time. So, I kind of felt like these guys, I prophesied in his name. But then it says in that last verse, then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you, away from me you evil doers. See what this verse is saying? Is that faith is not going to save you. You have to have that relationship. At the beginning of this, we talked about how do you have a relationship with God? The answer is simple. You have to be reading your Bible. And you have to be praying. Coming to church on Sunday is great. I hope every single one of you are here every week next year. But if your goal is to come to church on Sunday and think you're good, you're good and you got your Jesus fix, it's not going to work. That's what the Old Testament people thought. Hey, if we listen to them you know, once in a while, we'll be okay. But what happened? Look at the judges. They were good for a little bit. They decided, okay, we got our, we got our Jesus fix for the day. And then what happened? Everything went bad, and they had to cry out again. It hasn't changed. Nothing's different today. Jesus and God want a relationship with us. I went a little faster than I wanted, but I'm going to stop. And I want you guys to think about that. Do you have a relationship with Christ? It's the only way you're getting to heaven. It's clear in Matthew 7 that that's what he wants. God wants us. He wants you and me. He wants a relationship with us where we're praying and telling them about our day, whether it's good or bad. You don't have to pray and just talk about the things that are going wrong. He wants to know about everything. So, are you in a relationship with God? Fred, you can go ahead and come up. So, I'm going to give you guys an invitation today. It's a short sermon, pretty simple, I think, because it's an easy question to answer. God wants us. The Bible says we're not guaranteed another day. Another moment. Do you have a relationship with Christ? If you'll bow your heads and close your eyes, this is y'all's time. God's given you another chance today to make a decision. Are you in relationship with God? If you're not, don't waste time. Today's the day. When we sing here in a little bit, come forward. We'll have a deacon or someone up here that can talk to you. I'll talk with you and pray with you. We'll tell you the steps. The first part is faith, but then it has to continue. If you stop there, you're going to be like me three years ago, destined for hell. Maybe you've been coming here for a while and you haven't been baptized and you want to be baptized and join this church. You want to say to everyone that, hey, look, I know baptism doesn't save me, but I want to be part of this community. I want to be part of this ministry here. I want to take part. This is your time. The altar is also open if you have something that's been burdening you this week. Life's tough. This time of the year can be harsh. The altar's open. Come. Bring it before God. He wants to hear from you. He's your Father. He long, he's longing to talk to you. This is your time. Lord God, thank you for today and what it truly means. God, thank you for the simple fact that you want us. That's all you want for Christmas. Lord, you don't want anything else. You want us, you want our attention, you want our relationship with us. God, we're so unworthy, yet you love us so much. God, if there's anybody in this room today that has not made that decision for you to be in a relationship, not just I believe and I come to church, no, a relationship with you, Lord. I ask that you break their hearts today and have them surrender. Lord, this is your time and we ask you to use it. It's in your name we pray. Amen.